Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Cariad Lloyd. Griefcast is a place to talk, share and laugh about the peculiar human process of death and grief. Each week I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to Griefcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey Griefsters, I hope you're having an okay week. Um, I want to start by saying thank you so much for your lovely messages and your just general brilliance as an audience uh, for last week's episode with Sarah Brown and some of you listened to my apology at the beginning and said I was being too hard on myself. Thank you very much, it was really kind of you and um, yeah, (laughs) I've just really appreciated it because I just, yeah, I was just worried about... um, sending it out there but you've all been so kind and uh, I hope it the episode helped in any tiny way at all for what was a very difficult week for some people last week with baby loss awareness week so thank you for getting in touch this week I'm talking to the very lovely and very brilliant tv presenter Sabrina Grant Sabrina is the host of Super Shoppers on Channel 4, but you may have also seen her on The Rain and This Morning and has another show which is coming out very soon on BBC2. Sabrina came in to talk to me about her older sister Raquel, who died from suicide. I kind of enjoyed lockdown. Oh, have you? You're one of those, have. you're like, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, because we don't often get the time, like, gifted time, mm. especially in our industry and just yeah, in that's life. True. We're just all oh, go, 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 next thing, next thing, next thing. Yeah, we don't yeah. get time to take stock. Yeah, you're right. I, well, I had a, my second baby five days before lockdown. So uh. for me, <laughs> I didn't get gifted any time. <laughs> but. <laughs> I watched other people having time and I was like, yeah, that does look nice. But um, you're right. This industry, especially, like, is always like, what are you doing next? What's the next job? As soon as, not even as soon as one finishes, is it? It's like halfway through one, you're like, oh, I better get something like yeah. that. What am I doing? So, yeah, it must have been quite nice. Unfortunately, this, this isn't the lockdown podcast, even though, obviously, we could all talk about that. Um, so, who are we remembering today? We're remembering my older sister. Um, what was her name? Rachel Chantel Grant. But she changed her name to Raquel. Oh, did she? <laughs> I'm not sure what age she did that, but I just remember she changed her name to Raquel. So we called her Rax or Raki. Oh, nice. um, yeah, and she's my sister. So she was born in, on, in April, April 14th, 1978. Oh. And she died in 2010. So she you've was, just had your 10 year then? We just had our 10 year oh. anniversary which wow. was um about 10 years carried. Mm, I know it's really weird isn't it like numbers this is the thing about anniversaries you're like your logic brain is like numbers don't matter who it what does it care but then 10 happens and you're like 10 and it's like so loud doesn't it it's like it's, yeah it's just something your brain is like wow a whole decade a whole 10 it suddenly seems like nine you're like oh nine okay but then yeah 10, 10 is like just something different. else yeah. and luckily we were able to um go to the cemetery Oh, wow. Because they had opened cemeteries. They closed them down during lockdown, which I thought yeah, was very yeah. strange. Because I was yeah. like, surely that's the easiest place to socially dis- 
distant. Yeah, it's true, actually, yeah. Because everything's just sort of set out. Yeah, um, yeah. And I really felt for some people that go and visit every single day. I know. They weren't able to do that. But, um, yes, we had the 10 years. She was 32 when she died. Oh, gosh. And um, I lost my sister to suicide. So it was a death that just changed my life and my family's life forever. Now, we've had um, people talk about suicide yeah. before. And Ashley and it's, B Yeah, Ashley well, and yeah. B and um, Jen offered her, her brother... Um, took his own life as well and the amazing uh, Puna Bell her her husband t- took his mm-hmm. own life and she described it really well of like it's like trauma on top of trauma yeah. because you're not just dealing with a death you know like people who've lost a parent to an illness or anything and obviously that's very traumatic but when someone obviously makes that decision it, it's it's an extremely traumatic mm-hmm. time and period that you're dealing with because there's yeah there's so much there's so much extra stuff I think going on yeah absolutely there's a like layers to the grief yeah yeah definitely so so let's go back a little bit so she was how much older is she than you like what's your gap we were um eight years apart eight years apart Um, and were you like did that make you close or do you know what I actually I've written a poem that I read um at her funeral that will give you a bit of an idea okay (laughs) of us and um our relationship Uh we were eight years apart um I did grow up with my sister in the 90s so (laughs) things are a little bit different back then and I wanted to I I wrote this poem I think it was the first thing I'd ever written wow and I only wrote it because my sister loved poetry and um when she died I think I started reading a lot of her diaries and and um paperwork and she she wrote so many poems so I wanted to like read a poem at her funeral but I just found that everything I was finding online just seemed very generic and it's it, yeah. it's great if you can't find the words mm. to say but I just felt like it wasn't from my heart the yeah. words so I attempted to write a poem which just kept me up all night I don't think I slept the whole night before the funeral and I was like I've got to write this poem yeah I'll share it with you here it uh, is yes, please, please. I'd love to hear it <laughs> okay so my sister Raquel is so cool her smile and presence would light up any room You'd always get her makeup on your cheek when she hugged you and the strong scent of her Versace red jeans perfume. (laughs) My sister Raquel wasn't very tall. She was petite and beautiful. She always made an effort and she'd always look so cool. I never really liked nicknames, but I loved the way she'd greet me. She'd smile and hold hold her arms out and say, Hello, Brini. My sister Raquel is so neat and tidy. Everything has its place. A colour scheme and stylish decor, she really had great taste. My sister Raquel is such a good dancer, I would love to watch her dance. Doing her famous stomp to any beat would always make me laugh. My sister Raquel had real talent, she loved the performing arts. I admired her so much when I watched her in her school plays. It's no surprise that I grew up to follow in her ways. My sister Raquel is so fun, she'd always plan things for us to do like teaching me how to apply makeup. She'd even pluck my thick eyebrows too. (laughs) I love my sister Raquel. She's the best. But my friend Raquel would invite me round for delicious dinners, girly sleepovers, and give me lots of her clothes. We'd laugh and gossip and stay up late, watching repeat episodes of Friends that she recorded off the TV on video. My friend Raquel is so funny. The way she'd tell a lengthy story without a pause or draw for breath with facial expressions and gestures that were always over the top to be sure that this is a story that you never forgot. My friend Raquel was so creative. She always had new ideas that just flowed, like the time she sewed synthetic flowers on our flip-flops to hide our ugly toes. (laughs) My friend Raquel loves to do car boot sales with me. Even if we didn't have a car, we'd beg others, we'd flatter, we'd plead. We'd always manage to get our own way. Yay, another car booty, we would say. We'd wake up early to hit the fairs and make some extra pocket money. Raquel would make us a packed lunch and we'd pray that it would be sunny. After setting up, we'd rummage through each other's stuff and end up trying each other's clothes on. Then we'd swap and take home each other's junk, a book, (laughs) a candle, a crayon. My friend Raquel didn't care when people stared at us from afar as we very proudly put back what we loved into the boot of our car. I love my friend Raquel and every moment we spent together. But my angel Raquel has special powers. She is off on a new, exciting spiritual journey. 
My angel Raquel will always be there for me, protecting, guiding, reassuring. My angel Raquel was teaching me to have strength and courage and to love unconditionally. I believe my angel will continue to shed their light wherever she is. So I promise to my angel to live on and grow on from all that she did. So that when my angel Raquel looks down to check on me, she'll forever be proud of her baby sister, Brini. Oh, that's so lovely. Oh, that's my poem. It's beautiful. And you know what? I I only, I realised that I haven't read that since... 10 years ago, since the funeral. I haven't actually got that out and had a look over it. Is there anything like that for you, from your dad's Oh, yeah, I think it's hard that things that... At the time, it's so full of emotion that almost you do sort of put them in a drawer because at that point, you're like, oh, you know what, I can't keep looking at that. It's so powerful and emotional for me. And then life goes on and you forget about the drawer. And it's not till you suddenly have that moment, like, you know, you find it on a computer or something, you're like, oh, oh. Like, I've had that with finding order of services, you know, being like, what's that? What's that? Oh, whoa, that's the order. Oh, oh yeah, I've got that, haven't I? Of course I've got that. But it's like those sort of sudden um, time travel moments, aren't they? Where you're just like, oh, like, I'm guess the last time you read that was the funeral so yeah it takes you back it's it's a really really sweet poem it's so lovely it really sums up I can really get the sense of the pair of you and especially when you have that eight-year gap I can imagine as well like that's she's really a big sister in that case isn't she like she was and so how old were you when she died so So I was 20 I just turned 24 that's very young which is actually really really young yeah I imagine at the time did you think you weren't young though were you like I didn't think I was young I thought I was very grown and interesting you say that because one of the challenges I've had to overcome in in my grief was when I turned 32 yeah and I was like wow this is really this is a really young age Mm. and the more you grow up and the more you start to experience life and deal with life and you started to notice yourself yeah life can be really hard sometimes Mm. and it was like wow she was so young I think it's hard when there's that gap I mean obviously different but my dad was 44 and obviously as a teenager I was like part of me did think well he was old like you know you know old people die and you're like yeah to you your mum and dad are so old aren't they like well look at them they're so old and now obviously yeah like I'm I'm not there yet but I'm approaching that age <laughs> and um my brother is much closer he's four years older than me and I think we all have a little bit of a like tension about it you know of like yeah. oh when he when because it's just I think it, like you said it, you always think you're old don't you you always think no I'm I'm a grown-up and now even now you sort of realize like no no you're you're not you're not a grown-up like you're so young and 32 is is yeah it's impossibly young isn't it so young 32 is just so young and I even remember like on my um 33rd birthday waking up Mm. and then just being like oh I think I woke up and I just burst out crying straight away because I was like I've now outgrown my older sister and I'll never like my memory of her will always be mm. to do you mean to 32 and then I, I've, I've outgrown her and and yeah that age gap when we were young is quite a big age gap you know mm. I'm, she adored me but I was very much annoying little sister <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's a big chunk isn't it it's, it's a big like, chunk you know, yeah. yeah and um we were getting to the age where we could hang out like you know the, the, the later part of my poem like going to car boot fest because she moved out of home when she was I think 17 18 she moved wow. out quite a young age and so it wasn't until I started getting a bit older having my own independence that I could go over there stay over and car boot sales became our thing have you ever done a car <laughs> boot sale before yes have you mate, ever done yes. your own and sold things yeah yeah so you know my, the buzz yeah the buzz <laughs> me and my friend from school Susanna she was really into them and we used to want to go we wanted to go traveling I think so that was her thing it was like right we'll just do car boots and that's how we'll raise our money <laughs> so we used to go on on a Sunday and with like crap you know because you're a teenager so you just have crap <laughs> nothing <laughs> no one anyone really wants but the worst was when it rained and you'd get all uh, that way to some yeah. like field in Essex and then it's like oh we have to go home oh so annoyed I, she was that's more into the worst. it 
I, I lost my patience. But Did she want to stay out when it, even when it rained? Yeah, I think she was more like, well, we'll go next week. And I was like, oh, but it rained. Like, it, was, it rained. <laughs> like, surely let's give this plan up. This isn't working. <laughs> but yeah, she loved a car boot, car booty. I like the way you said that, car booty. Car booty. Really funny. Yeah. That was my sister. Like, come rain or shine, we were going. <laughs> we were going. Like, there's no way we're not going. And also, to think, I didn't really have that much stuff. She seemed to always have some stuff. I feel like she started to take things from other people so that she could say it. <laughs> So she, she knew good stuff she's like that will go well at the car boot yeah. yeah you've got to know your car boot audience as well you have you? to know them mm-hmm. it's so yeah. true I remember we went to one she took me to and she's like beware okay these people are very eager she gave me like a little pet talk in the car these people are very eager as soon as we get there like we'll be unloading they'll be like in your boot and I was like oh, you're those, joking I hate those ones who go in the boot when you're not ready they're yeah, the like, worst down, get away <laughs> yeah I'll put it out in a minute oh god she knew her car boots she knew her car boots she was really good um um so yeah so I grew up so we shared a room oh wow which was fun and interesting (laughs) she was very neat do you know what Carrie I wrote down this is I love your podcast by the way let's just say that because giving a platform to just talk about grief and like Mm. sadness and loss but also the fact that you know that like everything in life that's all balanced out if we don't experience the joy you yeah. know we don't know the grief and the unhappiness and just like the balance of life so even though it's just nice hearing everyone's different personal relationship with grief and that it isn't all it actually isn't all doom and gloom no and I, it never is it never is it nothing never in is. life is ever like like you said about lockdown like you know it was a very stressful but there were moments obviously where you were like it's actually quite nice today like nothing is ever all awful or all brilliant (laughs) like that's that's how we work as humans and I I love hearing about like you said describing the fun the funness of someone because Mm -hmm. I think we we don't often like when you I imagine you have this if you say to someone oh well this is how my sister died or she you know she's not around all you get focused on talking is that and you don't get to hear about car booty and you don't get to feel that like oh yeah like she sounds really fun like all that stuff gets packed away slightly and we don't unpack it and go no no was that as well look at all this stuff I describe grief or everyone's described it as like or any major traumatic event that happens to you is like someone's come and just sliced you open with a big knife Mm. and it's a wound and everyone can see it so everyone pays attention and care you know and you'll go and you'll get your stitches and then so it's healing but then some things happen the triggers and it it knocks your wound and it splits open again but maybe only you're there to to mend it that time, and yeah. and then eventually it does heal. But then you have this wonderful, you know, scar that that is on you for the rest of your life on your body. And I think the years it gets down, you know, your your you know your scar is there. I mean, you get dressed, you go out, and you live your life as you as you should. Um, but that scar is still there, and because it's covered now, people don't really ask you about. It anymore or the mm. memories and it's just not even a conversation that you have and I think even during lockdown I started to talk to my mum more about memories and, and ask questions yeah and just like and I really am jumping around because there's so much to say but especially um with our loss like respecting that your family will all grieve differently mm. and yeah you can't make assumptions about how they're how they're feeling why they grieve in the way that they do you just have to be very respectful I think it's hard as well because I think when you're young and you were young at 24 like it's taken me a long time to go oh people do it differently that doesn't mean they're not doing it because I think when you're young you're like well I'm doing this if they're not doing this it's like they don't care and you're like no it just affects people so differently and people will have the strangest reaction like to you you're like why are you reacting like that Mm -hmm. I can only be angry I can only cry or something and someone else can't and it's so hard to yeah to understand it's it's such a personal journey and especially in a family like you know I guess you know she was your big sister but to someone else she was a daughter she was a younger sister Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like all those different dynamics affect the grief in so many myriad ways so many different ways I'm just going to go back to um the layers of grief. So I think if you've yeah, lost sure. someone to suicide, there's lots of different layers to it. So obviously there's shock, complete mm. shock. You feel sick. You're 
angry, you feel guilt, why didn't I see the signs, you feel responsible, and then there's just the deep sadness in, I always said, just learning that you actually never really know Mm. someone, even a family member, you only know what they show of you. Yeah. And that's a really deep sadness, the fact that my own sister, like, was going through, you know, the biggest turmoil, but put on a happy face for me. Mm. Um, probably because she loved me, but it, it's just that you only see what people show of themselves. I think it's, yeah, especially when it comes, like you said, to suicide, because it is, there are so many added layers of of what's going on and it yeah it's really tricky isn't it like we are we are completely individuals even though you can love someone so much and be connected to them and and have such wonderful times with them yeah like at the end of the day it is a choice what people reveal to you yeah and there's nothing you can do about that (laughs) like you don't have any control over that at all especially with no you're not at all so I guess I know you're saying I'm quite positive but I think a lot of my lessons from this is about choice Mm. and respecting my sister's choice Mm. and you know because I I truly know if she actually sat there and pondered uh, you know on everything on the family you know she would not have done Mm. what she'd done and in a way probably she didn't speak to anyone because she knew what she wanted to do which was best for her Mm. Um, and I think when it's my own selfishness that I want her to be here with me Mm. um you know has that been a a tricky has that been a part of your journey to respect her choice like do you know what I mean like you said in those 10 years because like I think that is such an incredible phrase and I think it's a really noble place to be with your grief but that must have been such a hard place to get to yeah it's one of the I just think that's the only thing you can Mm. do I respect her choice her decision is done it can't be Mm. undone Mm. do I wish she didn't do it yes Mm, yeah yeah of course (laughs) that's all I can yeah so just from growing up and then having that event in my life and that sort of shaping how I live you know I become such a hypersensitive person Mm. I really can like empathize with other people's pain but it's all hindsight and of course we have that age gap so I only knew what I knew then when yeah. we were growing up together. And I just think, oh, there's so many things that you feel like, oh, just so many things that maybe, maybe I could have helped. Maybe I could have done that. Maybe I could have done this. And you just do have to let go because you just mm. drive yourself insane with it. And you just have to say that that's what it was. It's neither good nor bad, but it was the best thing for her. <sighs> yeah, it's really, it's really, I think it's just... I think that's a really wonderful thing to say wonderful is the wrong word but like it's not good nor bad it just is what happened mm-hmm. and I think as humans it's really hard to get to that place with, with grief with death because mm-hmm. like you said you just don't want people to be dead <laughs> like, yeah you, you just don't just want like, it no I don't like no. it I don't want it like no <laughs> that's not what I want yeah and this the way that death just takes people the way that that is an option that is a thing humans can die is such a I still get, I'm still 20 plus years getting my head around it, that that can happen. And um, yeah, I think it, like you said, if you, it sounds like you have reached a place of not peace, obviously, but like, I don't know, how do you, how do you describe what you feel about it now, 10 years on? Is it acceptance or is that not quite the right word either? Just it's, yeah, it's just going back to what I said about the, um, the scar. I have the scar there. Yeah and things come up all the time for example I actually have another poem so (laughs) um this was written this year oh wow and there's a poet that I love called Yersa Daily Ward and she shared a a writing tip and also my friend um Laura Dockrell who's a writer she started a writing club during lockdown oh wow so I was like you know we've got all the time in the world let's let's do new things (laughs) (laughs) and let's um yeah, I'm going to join a writing club. Yeah, so yeah. So I, ch- I challenged myself to start writing. And um, Yessa has said, um, write down, she's had a free writing exercise. It said, write down the the last thing that you said to someone that you love. And I started to think, because I was back at home with my mum, 
that was like bringing up all sorts of memories like being mm. in home and I did start to think of my sister a lot a lot more and so I thought what was the last conversations that we had and what was one of the the, the last things that she used to say to me and she used to ask me to sing to her oh. um and so I wrote down why did I never sing to you and I did this free writing and Cariad, I cried you know those real guttural <laughs> like cries which, and, yes. which you when actually you think, start to enjoy who's making that noise like <laughs> yes. what is that noise it's me <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. then you actually start to enjoy it and then you just oh, yeah. like, <laughs> really go for it I'm really gonna cry well. I'm gonna cry this out yeah yeah um and I so I went to Brit school I went to a performing arts school which my sister knew and loved that I was doing that we were all we're quite a creative family and I studied musical theatre and anytime I went around to her house she would ask me to sing to her and I would just not want to sing I find that <laughs> so even though I sang I don't think it was my greatest strengths out of the three mm. the three of the arts I'd say acting was first then dancing then singing um but I would just never sing to her because I was just embarrassing and singing's very it's very like personal. very personal it's like yeah. so exposing and it's like I think and I always think singing's from the soul because when I hear yeah. music I feel like certain music just really speaks to my soul it does something very differently to me I think that sounds like you're a good singer because some people can sing and it doesn't come from the soul really <laughs> and those people can sing at a drop of a hat and then you're like yeah this isn't this doesn't feel like it's that vulnerable it's yeah. like they're like this is my song and you're like and yeah, they go yeah for yes, it. you can sit down so yeah I think it sounds like you were a good singer if you were like oh, this needs to be right but yeah it's hard when people go perform you're like you I do? don't I feel shy so yeah so there's a poem started from that point it's a poem started from that point so I just wrote this down and I um, I mean, it didn't come out as perfectly as, as it is now, <laughs> but I did, I did mainly write all of this and it just, I, kind of, I think it kind of speaks for itself and we could discuss afterwards, see what you think. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's called Sing To Me. Um, why did I never sing to you when you were so desperate to hear my soul lyrically entwined with yours, to share in a vulnerability we've never practiced before, especially not without warming up? Why did I never sing to you when all you ever did was sing my praises. So what tune did you wish to hear from me? Would it be my song choice or yours? Or might it be a tune we both instinctively knew, but its melody we kept silent in our sorrow, both knowing that the notes of that song are just too high to reach? We were quietly in tune, you and I. So why request to hear a solo out loud? Surely you can imagine how I might sound without listening to a whole composition. Just sing to me, Brini, you say mostly every time we spent together. I'll close my eyes or we can do it at the same time if it makes it any easier. For a second, a beat in my mind, I believed we could harmonise harmoniously, form a perception of pleasant arrangements if we chose the right notes with caution and stuck to a particular key. But I was still too scared to take the lead in our duet for fear I'd start too fast or too low then you'd hold back and struggle to join in. But if you sang to me first, taught me the scale in which you'd like to lay your notes on, I may not have worried about starting octaves apart. But my doubt was strong. How could I ever sing to you when my succession of notes formed a distinctive sequence, a melody that had become something I was scared and ashamed of? Why did I never sing to you? I couldn't even form a hum. Because if I truly sang my heart out and you didn't like the sound, I was sure I would never sing again. <laughs> That's really lovely. Oh, carry on. You got me. I know. <laughs> you We're on got Zoom me. so people can't see. You know? <laughs> oh, that um, is so... Wow. Oh. That wanting to sound like an English teacher, the, the, the <laughs> your first poem was beautiful. That I can see. The, My writing's come growth, on, right? Your writing's come on. <laughs> Thank you, darling. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Everyone, listen <laughs> to Sabrina, please. That's wonderful. It That's really, really, really beautiful. I and think how? I just really, um, it really expresses the complex nature of a relationship in a family. Like whether oh. it's parents or siblings, like how, how much you can look up to someone and also not understand that they they also look up to you but you don't understand because that's not what you can see yeah. in yourself like I think that's really yeah it's a really complicated <laughs> relationship and I think especially that really for me brings forward 
because you like you said that eight year gap is so important isn't it because you really were a little sister yeah and then faced with like you said the choice that she made like how could you she's your big sister right she knows what she's doing she she's the one who tells you what to do and all of that she, they because yeah. I have a big brother and I think when you do have older siblings you do always feel like I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> like they're the ones who know what they're doing and it's um yeah I just really I just thought it was very beautiful thank I want, you I want to give you a little <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to do we do clicks yeah. in poetry oh yeah yeah click 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 Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. How did you feel after you wrote that? Like, did it sort of, did it help you? Like, did you feel like something you said unlocked or? I was so much lighter. Um, wow. And I've actually got a book that I'm about to read about holding trauma in mm. your body. And it did feel like an absolute shift. Firstly, I didn't know all those words were there. I didn't. And, when, um, and what I love about writing, because I've just started writing during lockdown, so it's a new um, thing that I've, that mm. unlocked in me, just writing to express yourself and writing firstly just for you. Mm. No one's going to see it. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Just put the pen to paper and just write. It's so cathartic and it's very, like, it just, I just felt lighter. Mm. And I released, I guess, guilt that I yeah. had but then it's exactly what you said I was only we, you know I was young You're so that so eight young. year difference if you take it back to me being oh god let me not do maths <laughs> no I <laughs> can't it, that's why I asked you me, earlier but like take it like, to me being eight years old yeah, and then yeah. she being a teenager you do I'm in awe of my sister I look up to her you mm. think you naturally think oh, elder people know best and and you know there were things I maybe didn't know about her I'm thinking you know why does she move out of home so young and mm. and some, sometimes like when we'd have family gatherings or you know she could be quite um it, I, I just remember you know she was either really fun and life and soul or she would you know she he, she could get quite angry and quite confrontational mm. as well um so there was just it just it's just the layers to 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 your family mm. and like not wanting and you know and then going around to my sister's house and you know she stopped coming around for Christmases actually and so, you know, and I really missed her at Christmas. And there used to be this sort of like relay of um, my brother taking the gifts that we bought for her to her and her twin, you know, bringing the gifts that she bought. Mm. So there became a real kind of disconnect sometimes in her younger years until I started hanging out with her. And it's just this, the fact that there's just so many things that you want to say and you don't want to bring it up. And I'm the sort of person who hates confrontation. Mm. I used to hate confrontation and just I just wanted everything to be OK and it's just like just all the conversations that we just never had but probably knew but just didn't speak about for fear of causing 
pain or I understand as a child just being like oh I just if I just don't ask then nobody gets to open that wound today you know and you yeah. know your own wound so you're like well I I'm just keeping mine plaster on like why does anyone no one else needs their plaster ripped off today do they it's, but yeah. but equally you do need those conversations to understand why things happened it's mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a really it's such a balance isn't it such a balance and I'd say that's a big part of of um well I think helping with 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 grief in that way I think talk to people as much as you can mm. I sounds very I don't know actually I was gonna say it sounds weird to say I was about to say I was lucky enough to have a, a best friend a childhood friend who lost her dad to suicide and it feels weird to say lucky enough actually I am it yeah. is a lucky thing it's a, it's an incredible that you thing had each other that we had each other and we'd just been I'd been away on holiday with her family and it was like three days into getting back that I heard the news of my sister and um I called my friend my wonderful friend Francesca and um obviously told her what happened and had just cried and we've just had it's just a very a tra- we both had these big traumatic events that mm. have happened in our lives that have brought us extremely close close together yeah. you never expect to have that kind of bond with a friend um, I think it's really like this is the thing sometimes when people say oh you know talk to someone and that can sound so like nebulous like why what does it what does it mean but there's this really strange human thing that you I think when you have had a trauma you need to find other people that have had your trauma and if they can have if you can share grief you're like that's nice okay yeah I'm not alone and if they can share your specific grief it's like because you just it's like you don't have to explain yourself and I don't know like again logically you're like well why should it matter like there were different people but I had the same my um so my dad died when I was 15 and one of my friends at school had lost her dad to cancer when she was eight and we were friends, like we really liked each other. We did our drama together. And um, so you know what I'm talking about. And uh, then when it happened, she was just there. And she didn't have to say anything. She didn't have to be like, oh God, are you okay? Like she was just, look, she'd just look at me and be like, mm-hmm. And I remember again, feeling so lucky that I was like, oh, Hannah gets it. Like Han gets it, thank God. Like when those moments and anniversaries or, you know, Father's Day for us is like such a, ugh. Um, yeah she just got it and and I think because also we both wanted to you know we both liked doing acting and performing and so we had that shared moment and understanding of each other and then this extra trauma and I think it really it helps it really it really helps to find someone in your gang sort of thing definitely definitely I, I think lucky is a yeah I agree with you is sort of the right word because if you hadn't if you hadn't had that it could have been especially around suicide you could have felt really isolated of like well, who else does this happen to? Who else's family has is dealing with this in the same yeah. way? Did you find other friends were struggled to talk about it because of the way that she had died? Yeah, I think um, I have some lovely friends. Another one of my best friends, she called me every day. And not even to just like, you know, I didn't have to explain everything to her, but yeah. she, she would just call me every day and it meant so much to me just to be like, hi just checking in and that was great and I had other friends that just you know since apologized but they just didn't know how to handle it at all and they just almost distanced themselves from me from me I had a friend also who was struggling with her own mental health and had you know had and and she had had had, was having suicidal thoughts and she just couldn't deal with me (laughs) um but then in time I think there's like, and that's why you have a lot of different types of friends. That's yeah, the yeah. time people come together and people are there for you at a certain reason. I'm all about surrendering now, Cariad. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that 2020, my year is surrender. Yeah. Just surrender to the things that are out of your control and, and, and put out what you want to receive. And I just think that I've been, I've been very lucky with my, with my friends if you are grieving I don't know what my best thing is if you can even if it's just one person you could talk to try and try to just find someone Mm. who will listen Um, you trust isn't it it's finding that one person who I don't know if you because I'm quite irritable as a person I I get quite annoyed over nothing I'm like big things (laughs) don't bother me if you do something massive I'm like totally fine with my little things annoy me and I think if you can find someone who's like when you say 
that's what I don't. If you have this, like sometimes I want to talk about it, and then there's someone will say something. I'm like, oh, that's not what I want you to say. Like, yeah. oh no, I don't want to talk about it. Now it's ruined. <laughs> like, yeah. But you need to find someone who's like not going to irritate you. And generally, I'd say like if they are in the club, inverted commas, they they kind of know things they that are irritating. It. Or you, even if they do say something irritating, you're like, oh, well, you've been through it. So I can't like. It's not like you, you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like do I can't be like. Well, yeah, all your family are alive, so what the fuck do you know? Like, sometimes crosses <laughs> through my head, and you're like, that's not very helpful, carry on. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. Just finding one person. I think, again, we're kind of lucky that we have this so many ways of communication now. And I think if you can just, like, even, like, agree a symbol with your friend, like some stupid emoji that you just text that's like, just call me. Like, but it's, of course, it's so hard. It's so hard if you're feeling like you you, you can't talk to someone where are you I want to say oh yeah um this is something I still kind of struggle with but actually Mm. it is a nice thing but you know when you when you tell someone oh yeah my sister died or you mention the death and then people say oh I'm like straight away without even a breath they're like oh I'm sorry (laughs) and it's like (laughs) you're like take a pause take a moment take a little moment well, how do you, I always feel a bit uncomfortable, but I guess I know they're just acknowledged. It's an acknowledgement, isn't it? Yeah. I've never, I've always felt a little bit uncomfortable with that. I don't know what that is. With the phrase or the quickness? The phrase and the quickness. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you, I, agree. I don't know, what do you think? I think it's really tricky. It's so personal. Like, and again, I think some, it depends on what day you are on almost yeah. as well. And like, if you're on a good day or like you haven't had an anniversary or like, you know, generally everything's fine and they go, oh, I'm sorry. You're like, oh, it's okay. And, but it's when days when like, if you've had a week of like, you said like the scars open and you feel like your skin is just so raw and then someone's like, oh, right. And you think, oh, what, what do you mean? Oh, right. I just told you my dad's dead. Like, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> like, oh, and I, I tend to now but this has only come from the podcast because I now talk about it so much I feel much um I'm much more comfortable with their uncomfortableness yeah like I used to be like oh it's my job to fix this because I'm the one whose dad's dead so obviously I have to solve your uncomfortableness whereas now I kind of lean into it so if I want to talk about it I just carry on uh if if they've been like oh I'm sorry I'd be like yeah yeah you know he died of pancreatic cancer um and I was 15 and it was very quick so yeah it's something like I've lit and I just kind of give them the details because yeah. <laughs> I feel but I only do that if I want to and I'm in a, a good enough space to talk about it when I'm not going to just like get angry or start sobbing uncontrollably because I do think what I'm trying to show <clears throat> is like I can talk about it you can talk about death we could talk about death and you won't catch it like you're not going to burst yeah. into flames or like you know immediately have cancer by me talking about it because that's the fear you can see they're like oh god or also I think it's quite good for them to see that I can talk about it and I'm not going to be inconsolable and we can move on because I think that's what people people just aren't practiced because they haven't talked about it they're just not practiced it like talking yeah. about your sister asking her name oh and oh that's you know very sad oh I'm very sorry to hear that and oh the 10-year anniversary right okay anyway so now we like they don't I think they think oh we talk about it it won't very end. true yeah that's so true you've made me think now <laughs> yeah but that's only through because I now do the podcast people now it, not expect but people will talk about it more in front of me and I've had the situation say there's a group of people one person's in the club and they'll be like oh Carrad, you know my sister died and we will start this conversation and you see the other people being like oh god oh god they're, they're yeah. both doing it they're both talking about it <laughs> okay what, sh- what do we do because we haven't lost anyone so we don't know how to help oh they've stopped okay they seem to be fine and you can see them watching and being like oh it's okay actually isn't it it's not it's not gonna destroy the mood or like mean we all have to go home and cry yeah (laughs) but that is only through yeah as I said being a bit more confident about talking about it being a bit more in control of it yeah and I think that takes time as well like I said I'm 20 plus years now so I at seven you know say at seven years I couldn't have done that I just would have been like I can't speak I can't get the words out it's so personal isn't it but that you're right actually I'm thinking that's probably why I've got annoyed because it's it's the mood it's the mood that I'm in yeah when they say it I'm like oh yeah and you you can get annoyed sometimes well sorry well don't you want to know more about my traumatic experience yeah are you just going to move on to talk about what breakfast you've had yeah exactly (laughs) and I just think I also I've tried to get a bit more 
empathetic with people who don't get it which is really hard because I think like you said you become hypersensitive you become empathetic to people's pain and I, I feel like that as well if someone's upset I feel I feel it I really feel it and I've tried to be more empathetic to the people who don't show emotion <laughs> to be like okay they're not showing me any emotion they're acting like they're not bothered but perhaps it's hard for them or perhaps they can't say or I've also had experiences where I thought someone was very cold and then have found out later like oh they actually had a yeah, somebody who died and they can't even they're not at the yeah. point they can even talk about it and that yeah. really made me go oh you just don't know do you? you don't know why they're being crap sometimes it is mm. a really much know. more bigger thing yeah you never know it, what's going on in people's lives yeah and also do you know what the recent um there's obviously lots of triggers that come up sometimes that take you unaware that mm. get you off guard and unaware and my biggest trigger recently was the death of caroline flack and oh yeah of course people were just certain people just dropped me a text sent me a link to a news article people that don't know me that well obviously don't, don't know what i've been through they're not yeah. obviously not meaning to upset me or or you know yeah it's not malicious but still. it's not malicious but it was like hang on you don't know what my relationship is to suicide and yeah. like this is a lot this isn't gossip this isn't like this is a whole person and it's a family and and that kind of just really took me back and I know obviously she's in the public eye and that's but I just wish but then that's only me people would be a bit more sensitive sometimes around around death did you talk to any friends who shared it or did you just kind of go oh, okay whatever? Um, I think Sometimes I did. I did. I spoke oh, did. to some of my close friends that said, "Oh gosh, people just sent me a link out of the blue, and they mm. they obviously don't know they don't know my relationship to it." But it just, it, yeah, it was it was just so triggering, especially with Caroline. She used to be the same agent as me. Oh, um, I'd met her maybe three or four times. We had some lovely, really like lovely, fun exchanges, and she gave me great advice about being in the industry as well yeah it's just so sad you know just you just really relate to that sadness and the pain mm. and the family and just it just made me think I really need to continue working on my on my um self-care which is a daily thing now yeah it's yeah. a daily thing because another thing for me in my in my grieving process was that I felt like well I one day just suddenly wolf a switch just flipped in my head and one day I might think that I I can't go on. Mm. I kind of got worried that it might happen to me because I, mm. you know, I thought my sister was fine and I kind of had that anxiety, I guess, yeah. which I've, I've learned to let, just to let go of and it's not and, you know, we're completely different and, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You, you just had the 10-year um, anniversary. You got to go to the cemetery. How are you feeling, I guess, post post the 10 year anniversary are you feeling and about how am I feeling Raquel? now my new a new age of grief yeah yeah <laughs> it's weird how it, it does process you do change your yeah. journey really changes the journey changes you change mm. um obviously I, I've I really obviously I'm, I still miss her all, mm. all the time every day um I want I want to but I still I do speak to her I feel like she is, she really is there. I've had some wonderful, like, I don't know, like, transcendent experiences where I've really felt her presence and mm. her energy. And, you know, she is she is within me. I'm a part of her. Um, so I'm, I'm almost... I just feel like I want to honour um, my sister's hopes for me. Yeah. And... Um, live my life the best way I can because she always just wanted the best for me and she was so proud of me so all the achievements that I do everything that I do I kind of have her spirit with me she's like my cheerleader who was always cheerleading me on and you know yes it's sad that she didn't have that for herself but she did truly have that for me so that's always at the back of my mind I just feel a sense of safety and security which might sound no, I know Mad, what you mean. But I know what you mean. She wanted, she truly loved me. She was so proud of me, wanted the best for me. And I can see a lot of similarities in us as I was writing things down, you know. And even what was weird for me was when I first started doing TV, when I first started presenting, and I did my first voiceover and then watched it back on TV. And I was like, I sound like Raquel. Because wow. I never really. Yeah, never heard, heard yourself properly. Yeah, never heard my voice like that. And I was like, wow, we sound, we sound the same. That's my, my sister. 
that's um, so nice. That's so, so that nice. was nice. And um, I'm just, I'm, 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 I think I'm at peace with it, you know. Mm. I'm at peace. And um, the biggest thing for me as um, uh, this year I've started on a kind of learning to tune into myself more and my feelings and thoughts is all about accepting, not resisting the feelings that mm. come to you. Feel them, invite them in. They're all part. They're all part of you. Yeah. And you know, don't don't deny yourself anything. Just just be kind. Just be kind. I'm just kind to myself. It's so wise. It's really wise. And it's really it's one of those things about great advice is that it sounds so simple because it, it is like yeah, just stop fighting yourself. <laughs> just mm-hmm. especially with grief. I think when you're early in your journey, you you have such a battle of like I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to be this sad. I don't want it. I don't want it. And then as you get further in your journey, you're like well I guess I am (laughs) I just am this sad Mm -hmm. and I am this angry and uh, of course the irony as soon as you do let it in it kind of dissipates and it kind of yeah isn't as strong as the 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 pain of fighting how you Mm -hmm. feel is just like exhausting so I think that's yeah what a way to honor her she sounds so cool (laughs) she sounds genuinely cool she is no I've just been so happy to get this opportunity her laugh was funny she was she was a bright she was a bright personality she was so generous and caring and giving and sensitive and there were so many amazing personality traits and people absolutely loved and and adored her too it's just she had this side that that she she hid from everyone yeah um and yeah, she was great. It's been it's been great to remember her again yeah. and evoke all those the feelings. Well, you, you've done a good job because I, I really can picture this very cool older sister. You know, like when you go to your friend's house, you're like, oh, she's yeah, cool. like, she was very cool. Yeah, she was so pretty, and everyone's like, your sister's so. Because all we care about is looks. When you're back yeah, yeah. Your sister's so pretty, and I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so why I think it's she lovely. was cool. She sounds really cool, and I'm thank you so much for talking. Thank about Raquel. you. I've really been like. It. trying to get everything out because there is a lot in um but as I said I've loved being able to share this and even if just one person takes solace from our chat today then I'm very happy thank you thank you Cariad You can follow Sabrina on Twitter at the Sabrina Grant, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Griefcast. The music was composed by the Glue Ensemble. The show was recorded in my living room, and I think Sabrina's living room. The show is edited by Kate Holland. The artwork is by Jade Perkin. And generally, thank you for listening. And remember, you are not alone. <laughs>